Okay, we're continuing uh, dialogues uh, with Dr. Chaitanya Kripalu. So the question is regarding uh, the senses. You know, uh, we have our five senses, of course, and uh, there is the power of meditation uh, in balancing the activity of the senses. So, you know, there is the experience uh, of either enjoy, enjoying uh, something from the outside, whatever it might be, through any of the five senses or combination thereof. And there's also the experience that you don't like something, you know. It happens with food all the time. We like certain kinds of foods, but we don't like other kinds of foods. You know, so we're attracted to certain kind of food, but we're not attracted to another kind of food, right? So the likes versus dislikes, these things are, are there in our senses. So what is the role of meditation as far as the activity of the senses and the experience of the senses? And I hope the question isn't too abstract. I mean, maybe, I don't know where you want to go with that, but, um, you know, because there's a sense, there's activity that's going on all the time, you know. But then there's distress that's there also when we don't get what we want or we're experiencing something that we don't like to experience. If a person is enjoying what they're enjoying, then they're enjoying that. But even that can be harmful if it's like eating things or, or, or doing activity that's actually harmful. So it's kind of a broad question. I don't know where you want to go with that. Um, so, okay. Yes, yeah, so one thing which happens, again, remember we're talking about energies. Yes. So when the energies are scattered, firstly, you're not paying attention. So a lot of times that actually causes problems because when you're not paying attention, let's say you're eating and you're not paying attention, like you're not mindfully eating, you're not really paying attention to eating. Yes. So uh, you may either eat so quickly, whatever amount, yes. and you're not even paying attention to what you're eating. Okay, so, so, so let's just talk about that as an example, because I'm kind of started with a broad question, but make it more specific. You know, the activity of eating sometimes is very fast, a lot of people, because of, this, because of the sensation, or because there's distress, or because there's, you know, some, uh, sometimes you're trying to quell or to quench a certain disturbance inside. That can, that can be the case also. But there's also the decision about what to eat, what not to eat. You know, I like this, but I don't like that. I mean, the, again, these are big questions, obviously. But in a, in, a, in a more straightforward manner, you know, the role of meditation and even making a decision about what I should be eating, what I shouldn't be eating. Uh, I, I mean, person knows that certain kinds of foods are potentially harmful or they're going to cause problems. Uh, other kinds of foods are healthier; they're better. But, but the individual may not feel like eating the healthier food. That happens all the time. You know, I uh, person knows that this food is healthy, but when it comes time to eat that, there's a real, there's a sense inside that says that there's a feeling inside that I don't want to eat that. I don't feel like eating that right now. So, what is your uh, response to that kind of a situation? Uh, in the context of meditation, in, in, in relation to meditation and overall decision-making process? So the, the thing about what we want to eat and having these strong likes and dislikes, it yeah. actually comes from, you know, um, uh, it's not happened just now. It's, it's something which you've conditioned yeah. um, over time. So, for example, if somebody had eaten, you know, they're not, let's say the socioeconomic status was not, you know, yeah. like kind of, they were poor. And they only had, uh, you know, that all the 
harmful foods are very cheap. And yes, so they had access yeah. and they had access to all these foods. So they were eating um, bread, they were eating, you know, the McDonald's foods, they were eating chips and they were eating all of that. So what has happened is uh, foods play a very important role about energies created in the body. That's why we eat them. So these have, they're all, they're not really food. They're just um, more like um, uh, non-food, as I can call it, which causes a disturbance in your body and your mind. So already that's creating a disturbance all over and scattering your whole, uh, you know, being. So the next thing what happens is, so literally your 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 actual senses are hijacked in the sense that they are not doing their job because you're giving constantly these foods which are really harmful to the body so um so that starts from that because i've seen this happen you know in my own life in my I'm not saying my own, yeah, actually in my own life also, um, there was a period of time when um we you know we went through this whole phase, so what happens then is that taste is so. Um, strong that you don't care at that time whether it's good for you or not good yes, for you because you want that the yeah. reason is at that time you are mentally so distressed that that makes you feel better so it's a connection they they create mm-hmm. with this confectionery or sweet or dessert or ice cream think about the whole world the celebrations always happen with sweets yes why because one thing is it's association. Sweet is associated with good things, all the good stuff. I mean, it's always also for bad stuff, but more good things than anything else. Yeah. So cake is for birthdays and cake is for wedding anniversaries or weddings or, um, you know, all the sweets are for festivals. Everybody's happy. And so you kind of connect it to that. So it's not as simple as saying that this is, um, you know, it's it's just a sweet taste no, so it's much, it's much more, more than that yeah. but the problem with what has happened over time you so get addicted to that these sweets sure. in itself in a biological way that it um creates this um makes an addict out of you and so then it's a whole so you know like it's a, a sugar like a like a sugar addiction like right. a, so, a carb addiction so the um addiction is so strong that the chemical things which happen or the chemical consequences in your body are harmful. And that in itself is um, connected to the brain with neurotransmitters and everything. So it's kind of like a vicious cycle which people get into. And it's like, I want to feel better, so I'm going to eat this food. I want to feel better, so I'm going to eat fatty foods. I'm going to eat the junk food because it makes me feel better. So when you have this kind of a relationship with your mind and your body, it is very difficult to educate them to say, oh, everybody knows what to eat and what not to eat. Believe me, even if you're not educated and you may not know the nitty gritties of it, people know when they're eating chips, it's bad for them. People know when they're drinking soda, it's bad for them. People know when they're eating in McDonald's, it's bad for them. But there's two aspects to it. One is you, and then you give excuses that I don't have enough money, so this is (laughs) cheaper and it's, um, you know, filling and I'm going to go with that. So there is a lot of these intricate things which are involved in food and you know senses what it makes you feel so one to get out of that yes meditation is a very powerful tool so when you start meditating when you start going into that space where you have this integration of energies your mind is not all over the place then you start getting a little bit of a sense of okay maybe i can try what's good for me even then it's hard but they do 
that's why we start with the mind body connection and do the mind thing which is the meditation and apply tools before even going and telling people what to eat what not to eat yeah. and go ahead and exercise the thing is when you eat these bad foods you have no energy and so why are you going to go exercise you get so, into that laziness mode yeah. and um you don't you you cannot um go and drum up that enough of energy to go and exercise so it's very difficult to um even get there so that is why when you meditate enough and i'm really saying meditation not just i mean prayers are very powerful but when you do it in a state for more this physical and mental alignment state then it is much more useful so then there is a space created where you can actually um help them in the other other you know fields because i have seen people who have been meditating for years and have no good food habits they don't exercise they don't do any of these and there's grades of it even with people telling them i can tell them i you are supposed to eat this you're not supposed to eat that but i see the house full of junk and they go out and eat the cheapest foods yeah. so it is not that simple so you have to apply it in your life once you start meditating you can separate them you have to put them together yeah. how is this going to help my life how is it going to help my body right. how is it going to help me live better and make me feel better so this is all these connections develop you have to one has to um you know start there and then start changing it sure sure so yes because you know my question was about the senses and we talked about food as an example uh which is obviously very important with regards to survival first of all <clears throat> but it's also uh you know the, the selection of the right foods that are going to really help the body with the adequate exercise i mean i think most people know conceptually that they should be eating healthy they should be exercising they should be getting enough sleep they should have good relationships i mean everybody knows that but there's this massive divide between this knowledge that yeah i should do this you know or this is how it should be but i'm not doing that you know i'm i'm doing something totally opposite of that you know and that's what you're talking about here because if someone sees a sweet or they see you know um a food item maybe it's a high carb item or maybe it's an apple turnover or i don't know whatever it might be something that is really going to satisfy a craving of some sort mentally it's not really needed for the body but the mind is wanting that you know so maybe you can talk about that in terms of what happens with the senses also because because when you when a person sees that sweet dish or that apple turnover or that you know high calorie a uh, uh, cake of some sort they see that there's a trigger that happens and i and i was wondering if you could talk about that point of you know that connection with the object outside the sense is looking at that and there's a, an experience that happens and how meditation connects with that absolutely again it's conditioning that's why if you've eaten these foods since you were a child yeah. you have a relationship and association with that food which is much greater than this sweet so it's already there in the brain absolutely this is the conditioning the subconscious you know uh, belief yeah. system acquired yeah. so you don't even know half of it what what is making you do that so, so what does a person do when they see a food item that they know they should not be eating just as an example and but the the desire is so powerful for it the impulse for it is 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 intense particularly if they have not had that for a long time 
And then that desire is even greater. I mean, they go to a fast food restaurant and they haven't had the French fries or the hamburger or the cheeseburger for, and they're trying their best to not eat that stuff, let's say, for one month, two months. But then, you know, there's like a force that develops. Well, I haven't had this for a long time. I want that again. So that happens kind of naturally also within the brain or as part of the conditioning. Is this a, so how does meditation uh, uh, get involved in that process? So the tools we talked about, you have to use them when you feel this. And that is very easy That's, to do. The hard mm-hmm. focus is very easy to do because remember, it's the anxiety or whatever that feeling, um, yeah. the, this being scattered, whatever you call it, is, is the one which is arising at that time. So you take a deep breath, literally, I have told people when you... But not to act upon what one is wanting to do. So that's the whole thing. So you take a step back, take a deep breath, focus from your head to your heart space and do it for five to six cycles yeah. and see how one feels. Yeah. Now at that point, if you feel like you want to eat that sweet and it's okay, if you haven't had it for a long time, we're not telling people to completely stay away but not become a slave to it. That's all we're trying to do people. Ah, so, so what is the distinction in becoming a slave? Like, it's an interesting word, uh, you know, to that particular activity. Now, I'm just using food as an example, but you could use drug addiction, you could use porn addiction, you could use gambling, you can use some, you know, there's a whole host of things, internet, shopping, texting, it just goes on, the list is getting bigger and bigger as we go on, you know, as technology is developing, that list is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So it applies to all these things. So when you talk about a slavery to that, versus the mindful interaction with it, which is for one's benefit. So what is that distinction? So that's the distinction. That's why we talk about meditation. We talk about Mm -hmm. these tools because what it does is, again, your energies are scattered. So your desires, you mean, it may be very matter of that moment. Oh, it would be nice to have this. And then this one, oh, it would be 